There and welcome to our weekly Ask a CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. Today's topic of our Q&A session is the secrets behind high-performance teams. Let's be honest, everyone likes to work in a high-performance team. Or would you prefer to collaborate within a low-performance team if you had the choice? I don't think so. But let's first clarify what are the components of a well-functioning high-performance team And then we can probably get more clarity on why there are actually so few high-performance teams out there and what you could do to change that within your team. See you in just a moment on the other side. Welcome to a new session here at the Virtual Frontier, our new Q&A session. Our topic today is um, the secret of creating high-performance teams. Um, before starting into the topic, maybe we want to clarify first for our audience, what is it maybe a, de a definition behind high-performing teams and probably what is the difference between uh, high-performance uh, high team and uh, low-performance team? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not sure if there is an official definition, but what a high performance team is in my um, in my mind is a team that delivers results independently from a manager, a, a team that is um, self-managing and a team that has a focus on delivering results, not just on doing tasks for someone else. Right. And the so low performing team is a team that always, uh, whenever they they see a problem, they They just thinking, oh, there's a problem. Whom can I ask, right? Instead of finding own solutions for the problem and then progressing further. Right. Um, some some of the topics or keywords you already mentioned. Um, what I have uh, written down for for myself is, uh, of course, staying uh, committed to a um, specific goal, um, having a clear uh, priorities. Um, As you just mentioned, working with a problem-solving mindset, um, have the ability to manage conflict in a in a good way, right? Um, and sharing leadership responsibilities. So um, those are some of those um, keywords I have written down for myself. Um, manage conflict is maybe an interesting um, a topic we can dive into because, uh, or the, combined with the problem-solving ap approach, maybe you can tell there's something for our audience. Yeah, I think that is a really good topic because um, managing conflicts, I would say, is not just related to people, even if most people see conflicts as a personal thing. And I think it's a very important skill to detach yourself from the problem and then make this problem objective so that you can solve it with others talking about the problem, the object, not about people, right, and fighting with their egos. So I think this is an important understanding and skill that people need to understand problems are objectives and external. And sometimes you might have a people problem, of course. If people commit to something and they never do what they say, then it's a people problem, right? They, and then if people always just find explanations and reasons why they couldn't stick to their commitment, I would also say it's a people problem. But most problems are external problems, I would say, that need to be treated as this. 
What about the, I, I, I remember we talked about that last week uh, in our uh, last Q&A session about the complaining of the type of, of personality that maybe can influence uh, by uh, a huge amount um, the dynamics of your high performing. I think so, yeah. And um, honestly, I would say that's a people problem. And then if, if you have a person that develop the habit of always complaining whenever they see an obstacle or a problem, I would say you need to find another person. Because if you have other, I mean, if this is your culture of the business, right? And everyone just complains all the time, finding just one other pe person won't solve the problem. <laughs> you need to change the entire culture. And typically that starts from the leader. But if you have one person that is always complaining while others think in solutions, then it's even a big risk if these other people that look for solutions see that the leader tolerates this behavior, this complaining habit, they might get even very like frustrated and demotivated. So this is something I would not tolerate. Yeah. How can I become as a, as a leader or business owner um, an inspiring source for my um, aspiring high-performance teams? I would say that you should first start with yourself um, by thinking in solutions and making it clear to your team and showing up in front of your team always, always with a solution mindset. That doesn't mean that you should never talk about problems because talking about the problem is the first step to finding a solution. You need to be very clear about what is the problem. Otherwise, you might want to like suggest a solution that is not effective because it won't solve the problem. That is really, really important, right? And I see a lot of leaders, including myself, like four, five, four to five years ago, I just had a problem and my first reaction is, okay, there must be a solution, this is the solution. And often these solutions were not effective because I didn't understand the root cause of the problem effectively. And that is a risk. So I think, being analytical is important to define the problem and then giving your team room and space so they can find the solution for this problem themselves and making it okay if they don't find the right solution in the first place, but making it required that they always continue to find solutions and supporting them in finding solutions, which also means it must be okay if they chosen the wrong solution, hmm. then find another one. That's part of the journey. Yeah. This is also connected to the issue of trust, uh, um, I would say. How, um, because building trust takes a, takes a lot of time and um, destroying trust uh, can happen in seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, often I, I, I see that, that um, maybe there, there is a, a time where trust is built up and then uh, a business uh, leader owner comes again from with his old mindset and uh, I don't know I want to be rude but but there there is a they, they destroy sometimes the trust that has built up already um, because they're not um, communicating with their team in a respectful way or the, there there's not an eye on eye level uh, communication how, how can how can that be really uh, something that you do from, from, from your heart, from your inside and stay, stay and stick with that as a leader. I mean, you have to be like this, right? Otherwise, if you are a different kind of person, it's hard to change your habits at work and show up as another person just because you think you need to be a different kind of leader. 
you need to become this person. That means you need to think different thoughts and different thoughts will take you to different actions, right? And the most important thing to build like trust is for me being transparent about your intentions and then do what you say. And then talk with people, not over people. Mm. I think this is related to be transparent about your intention. I think these, these three things, they must become your number one rule and habit when you show up at business. And it's easier to behave in business like this when you are this person, when you are like this, even if you are not in business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's switch a little bit to the technical part um, of uh, enabling high-performance teams to really um, perform. Um, mm -hmm. And the uh, keyboard there is automatization. So um, how, how can I ensure as a business owner that the maximum amount of tasks can be, or whatever can be automated is automated? Let's make it short. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't start with a tool, <laughs> as I always say, no. because it's so easy to get tempted by a tool that you think will solve all the automation problems. And there are tools that can automate everything. But the question is, what do you want to automate and how? And this is the first thought and the first concept you need to create before you can use a tool to automate it. You need to know what you want to automate. Sounds so simple, but most people never do this. And then they just ask for the tool. That's the point. Right. Yeah. But knowing, know, and, it, and to know what you want to automate starts with what you need to get done. Which type of work do you need to get done? And to be able to automate it, you need to be very precise in knowing which information needs to be transferred when and where and maybe there are validations of information you want to transfer that makes it really complicated and you should really think about that very carefully so it starts with knowing your process knowing the process of work that needs to be delivered to achieve a specific result and if this process is the same over and over again it might it might vary in input parameters right but the process how it's done how it's delivered should stay the same then you can think about automating it and before you automate it i would rather build something that is i typically call it a quality standard that you can like manually execute in the same way repeatedly and when you can ensure that you can do this then you can automate it easily yeah yeah that's how it goes Another uh, really important point um, is um, the cohesion in, inside your team. Um, cohesion is important to build trust and um, f like have the stream of uh, free-flowing information inside this team. And um, but there is also like the danger um, that this uh, cohesion becomes like um, silo thinking and group thinking. So um, how can I avoid that in my team? Sorry, can you help me understand what is cohesion? I simply don't know the word. That the, that the, <laughs> that the team sticks together and works, ah, okay. works together in, 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 a, in a really uh, close way. Uh -huh. right? So the question is how to create cohesion without creating silos. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think that the team creates cohesion when they work towards a common goal. In other words, when they have similar problems that are bigger than one person. So they need to join forces to solve this problem together, right? That's how you create cohesion. Um, you can also create cohesion by having a common enemy, which is pretty much the same. It's just a problem that needs to be solved, right? 
no matter what the problem is that you want to solve that creates cohesion, I think you need a common problem and a common goal and the team works together on solving the problem to achieve the goal. So, and then you have other teams and they might, might work on the same goal. And if there is no motivation for these two teams to cooperate together to achieve the same goal, then you have a silo because then they are competitors, right? Two teams that want to achieve the same goal and they don't have any motivation to cooperate. They are competitors per definition. Mm -hmm. So I would try to avoid that and rather have um, multiple teams that break down the big problem into smaller problems so that individual teams can solve these smaller problems while working together as they all together solve the bigger problem. And then you create cohesion between teams instead of just competitors. Yeah. Last question for today, Manuel. Um, or let's say, put it as a phrase, coach the team and measure the team. Yeah, good thing. <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> no question. Take it away. No. Um, so why is, why is it important to, to coach the team in, uh, in a constant way? Um, so especially if you're looking for a high performance team and also measure the results of the team and maybe not that just the individual in the inside the team. Mm -hmm. So because you want people to grow, right, as a person, and you cannot do that when you do the opposite of coaching, which is managing, you just manage them as resources, telling them what to do. By doing that, you just create and increase dependencies on yourself. Mm. And that means you just create people that are addicted that need you to get work done and achieve goals and progress. The opposite is coaching people by giving them leadership, which means you provide them with the goals and you give them the tools and you offer them support and you help them staying focused by asking them the right questions so that their focus goes to the problem, analyze it, and then find a solution themselves. And then they own it. And then they crawl with that because they experience that they are capable of solving big problems. And I think this is the path to empower a team to work self-managed and to help them grow as a person, which is on the other side aligned with their personal interest. Because while they show up on the job, they experience success and they see that they grow further. So then their job is aligned with their personal interest and that creates true cohesion. Mm -hmm. Right, interesting. Manu, anything else you would like to add for this uh, conversation and topic? I think, yes, a good start to, to develop this coaching mindset is to, to start with the people you want to coach, let them define their role. Let them define, okay, by completing the sentence, I do my job successfully when everyone can see that. Okay, and then they should complete that sentence. That gives them the purpose for their job. And then you can also let them complete like, I can measure that I am successful by measuring the following KPIs and numbers. And then they write down like, okay, the amount of sales that they brought to the business or the customer satisfaction they generated by answering to support requests in a quality and quick way, etc. right? And once you have this role defined, then everyone has transparency about what people think they should do to be successful in their job. And then you can have a common discussion also with other leaders and managers to see if that makes sense for the business. If it makes sense, fine. If not, you need to tweak the roles and then ask these people for commitment to the new roles. And then you stop telling them what they should do. And you just ask them questions that keep them focused and accountable on the KPIs and on the purpose of the role. 
And that is a pretty hard thing because if you are used to tell people what to do and you are impatient and don't want to wait for the result, that's a personal big challenge. But it's worth trying for a week or two and then see what happens. So that might be a good exercise you guys can take away. Arnold, thank you very much. And uh, I will see we see each other next week on our next Q&A session. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you too. Looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you found the session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on five secrets for creating high-performing teams. What did we miss in our conversation today? How could we do better? Let us know in the comments and reviews below. We are happy to engage. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give it a thumb up and share it around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for the free business builder training on flashup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers. Thank you.